Welcome back to this week's edition of Troy Boys. We are broadcasting live from rock bottom, the absolute lowest place that a team can be in Division 1A sports. And we're happy that you're joining us. Um, we are going to discuss the absolute debacle that happened in Monroe, Louisiana. We're going to try to get ready for a trip up to Columbia, South Carolina, uh, where we will obviously be torn apart like a fancy car in a chop shop. And we're going to listen to a little Know Your Foes segment, get a little hot takes from the TroyFans.com area. we got a lot planned for today's episode. Before we get started, let's turn our eyes starboard and welcome my co-host, the Seabass. How are you doing, Seabass? I'm doing swell down here at the bottom of the reef. You know, I still got my fins up. Uh, still rooting for the Trojans, even though things did not pan out the way we expected them to in Monroe. But we'll talk about that here in a minute. Yeah, buddy. No, so happy to have you. Um, we do not have the Birdman on the line tonight. We do want to. This is uh, before we record this. We are right near the anniversary of the Birdman. Um, you know, as a young chick. Uh, pecking out of that egg and coming and joining the world. So happy birthday uh, to you, Bird. Uh, you share a birthday week with Larry Blakeney, uh, who obviously, uh, you know, on the Mount Rushmore of Troy University Athletics. So the Mount Rushmore right now is uh, Larry Blakeney, um, DeMarcus Ware, uh, Corey Robinson, and and Birdman. You know that's how that's how it feels. Now. So, um, congratulations, Bert, on another uh, another anniversary of breaking out of the nest. So we need to recap this game. I think it's very easy to say uh, this game was just terrible. Um, Troy, twenty four point favorites going into the game, ends up losing twenty nine to sixteen down in Monroe. Um, all eleven thousand fans in attendance. Uh, surely enjoyed their Warhawks getting a win. Seabass, I'm going to ask us to do something very difficult right here from the very beginning. Um, and that is, let's talk about any strengths that we might have seen. Um, I'll go first so I can take the easy one. Um, you know, Taylor Powell did have his best game yet in his Troy career. Uh, 35 of 14, 311 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Obviously, the interception, very costly. Uh, and Reggie Todd, who we have been just giving Reggie Todd the business this season. He had six receptions, 83 yards. Um, so those two pieces of the offense weren't terrible. Um, they were better than they have been. Uh, what were some strengths you may have seen? <clears throat> well, to piggyback off of what you've been talking about, yeah, Taylor Powell had a fantastic game. You know, the score is not really indicative of the work that he put in for this for this game. Um, it, it was really nice to see Reggie Todd really start breaking back out and doing doing a little more what we expected on uh, on the receiving end of the ball. Um, Taylor Powell, you know, still went to his man Luke Whittemore. Uh, you know, we've been talking about him recently as somebody that Powell tends to lean on, um, and he he leaned on Whittemore for the big plays. You know, uh, Luke Whittemore only had two receptions on the game, but they were for 72 yards total. 
Um, so it's a big playmaker right there. And the freshman Jabari Barber was also a really good, really nice receiver on the week, nine receptions for 58 yards. Um, I believe that we, we should look at the positive here that we outgained ULM. We, we had 378 total yards of offense compared to their 290. Now the yards are nice and all, but we have to convert those into points. And I feel like that's where we did struggle. Um, and then one more positive that I wanted to bring out was Javon Solomon on the defensive end with his two sacks and three and a half tackles for a loss. He really did keep the defense in the game a little bit and really tried to rally the troops around uh, what we were trying to put forth in Monroe. You know, it, it came up as a loss, but at the end of the day, there are some positive notes going on here. Um, and we, we've talked about it before. There's a lot of little things and all these little things are now beginning to add up. And now all these other coaches that have film now can find these little things and they're beginning to exploit them. You know, uh, yeah, Co- Coach Bowden at ULM knows what he's doing. He- he's been around for a, a long time. I-, I really feel like that we need to we need to hammer down the little details, and we'll talk about those here in a minute. Yeah, you know the only strength I think we left off Brooks Boose, who hit his first field goal in the second quarter. That was the first field goal he had kicked since 2016 in live action. Um, so thank you, COVID, for all these kind of weird stats. Uh, but he did help us cut the lead to seven uh, in the second quarter with about a minute and 31 seconds left. When it comes to weaknesses, you know, I could dive into a lot of things. But I think what I want to say most importantly is that I love Golden Flake. Uh, any of our listeners who might be in the Birmingham area, you know, oh, yes. Golden Flake is is mother's milk, you know. Um but I will not be eating Golden Flake until our current head coach is fired because the new policy in my household is no chips, just no chips at all. Not, not even not even I, chips ahoy. Like not cookies. salt and vinegar chips. Okay. Not sweet heat southern barbecue chips, uh, and most importantly, not chip Lindsay. Um, I have, you know, I feel like Tyra Banks from the gif right now, you know, I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. I have been behind Chip Lindsay from the day he was announced. And the fact is that Chip Lindsay is uh, a terrible pile of garbage. And I will no longer, um, I'll no longer stand up for him. I'm done with him. Uh, I will not eat chips. I will not make uh, house renovation decisions based upon paint chips. You know, I will not play poker because I refuse to hold a pile of chips. Uh, Anything involving chips, uh, I am absolutely out on. Rescue Rangers, right out. I'm I'm good with Dale, but I'm not good with Chip. Um, You know, I, I, I just think we have, this was the game. You want to talk about a signature game for a coach? You know, Neil Brown had several. Larry Blakeney had dozens. Uh, For me, you want to talk about a signature game for Chip Lindsey, it's this loss, which had no business taking place. That is Chip Lindsey's signature game. This is who he is as a head coach. And I have been supportive, and I've done all the right things, and I just won't do it anymore. Chip Lindsey is not the right man to lead this program. He needs to go somewhere else literally anywhere else, I will drive him if need be. 
but that's the weakness of the game. It's, it's Chiplin's. That's the weakness. Go ahead, Seabass. Uh, you know, if anyone actually knows me as a person, you know that I am not a big Chip Lindsay fan. And I really haven't been from the get-go. Um, you know, and I, I'm, I'm one of those more cynical people about it. I haven't liked him since season one. But, you know, I, I, I played the game. You know, I supported the Trojans come, you know, one way or another. And I, I still do. But I, I agree that the right man at the helm is not there. Um, you know, we, we did talk about there are a lot of really good things going on offensively. There are some positive things going on defensively. But at the end of the day, the coach has to be the one to fix the minor problems to allow these successes to turn into positive points, which turns into wins, which leads us ultimately to conference championships, bowl games, uh, potentially a New Year's Six birth. You know, we were right there on the cusp of, of building a program that was going to that when he inherited the program. And now we are not even in the discussion anymore for conference champion. You know, that a loss like this really does set us back. But I'm not going to dwell too long on the, on the person that's at the helm. That's for Troy's administration to take care of, and that's not our job. I will say from the actual ball game, the negatives that I saw, I talked about it last week, laid down efficiencies, but we're five for 15 on third down. That's 33%. And the one fourth down we went for, just like last week, we didn't, we did not convert on. Um, the O-line has got to do a better job at protecting Powell. Okay. Cause if we lose him, it's all done. It's over. Um, so the O-line really needs to step up and help out there. And then the run game, we have to establish some kind of run game. You know, we have to be versatile. We can't sit here and rely on the pass forever. You know, at some point we have to be able to hand the ball off and, you know, be able to get five, six yards when we absolutely need it. So I, I think that those are the negatives on the game were those three big things. But on so the pass, whole, there, there are a lot of great things going on. You know, it, it's not like it's a complete dumpster fire. There, there are a lot of great elements and pieces laying around. I'm worried that we sit here for too long with the wrong guy running it and these good pieces don't stay. That's what I'm worried about. Bass, Bass, what do you say to people? Um, and we're not ready. Don't, you know, don't bring out your cuts of meat or your s'mores yet. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you have you have people in the message board community, um, but also in the Troy community. I got, I got plenty of texts that night. And uh, unfortunately, I started, a, I had a little kegs and eggs event at my house because I thought this game was going to be uh, academic. What do you say to people who say that Chip should have replaced uh, Taylor with Gunner? Uh, at some point in the game. Um, this is an Auburn. Um, we can't replace the the starting quarterback and expect some miracle to happen. I mean, the, the difference is, is that our quarterback was not doing poorly. Our quarterback was doing very well. I mean, let's pull back out the positive sheet. I mean, he was 71.4% efficiency. I mean, that, that's stellar. 35 for 49 uh, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, you know, there, there's really not much more you could ask for the guy. 311 yards. Yeah, I, I mean no, that's I that's, I mean, that's game that's game winning stats. I agree with you. I, I think that's. I'm glad you uh, you know bump set spike right. I mean, I'm glad you addressed it that way. I think that's just some nonsense. I mean, if you want to know what Gunnar Watson gives you as a starting quarterback. Um, I invite you to go back to 2020 and watch those games because that's that's what he gives you. The I mean, the most popular guy on campus is always the backup quarterback, right? When things aren't going right, this idea that we're gonna you know we're gonna 
call up Taylor County's, you know, the pride of Taylor County, and he's going to come in and all of a sudden do something different that he didn't do last year. Um, to me, I think that's a little bit ridiculous. So mm-hmm. um, thank you. You you obviously, um, you know, sent that right into the ground as my volleyball partner. So I appreciate yeah, that. You're welcome. So I think we've, you know, we've done enough. This doesn't, I didn't like the Liberty podcast. It literally sounded like we were broadcasting from the death of a good friend. Uh, I think we've been better about this. You know, I'm, I'm, I can only imagine for you, I know uh, for the bird man who is resting his tail feather at the moment, this was not a fun night watching football. No one likes to lose to a team that has not beat a division one, a opponent uh, since 2019. And I'm, blame, um, I'm blaming you for it because you brought it up last week. I sh- well, you, you know what? I will... Hey, Bird, uh, can you roll back the clip? Let's hear that. November 23rd, 2019. Uh, that is the last time that UL Monroe beat a team that was Division 1A. Uh, but you have to go all the way back to right before Thanksgiving of 2019. Um, you know, just to give you some ideas, uh, no one knew what COVID was. Um, you know, I mean, so it's it's been a while uh, since they've had any success uh, against a Division One A opponent. To be honest, I don't think it starts with us, um, and I don't think that's just wishful thinking. See, I told you, it, you brought right, it up. Yep. Thank you, Bird, for that. Uh, expect a bill in the mail. Um, <laughs> so, but we're we're gonna move forward because what other choice do we have? Um, your Trojans are sitting at two and two. So we got eight games left. Uh, this season could be very different. Uh, we could lose the next day. We could win the next day. That's the beauty of college football. Um, and we could be talking about very, very, very different things in eight games. We could be, uh, complaining that we didn't fire Chip Lindsay soon enough. Or in eight games, we could be in the lob in the lobby of the Renaissance Mobile asking if they have Bloody Marys or if we should just put some vodka in a ketchup pack. <laughs> that's a classic. Um, that's yeah, well, that's you know, that's where we could be. Yeah. Um, and so I think we need to be a little more positive. And so to help us get more positive, we're gonna toss to a young man, uh, a little less young. Uh, since we had his egg-breaking anniversary recently. Birdman, go ahead. Sharpen those talons. Really sharpen them this time, because you're going to need some help. Dig through those gum wrappers and pieces of straw and tell us who is this week's best in the nest. Birdman is back this week with another addition to the best in the nest. So, guys, this was a tough one. Not even going to lie to you. But to keep this pod from turning into an official Powell fan club, I decided that this week's honor can only go to a man who was more on fire than your wallet at the front porch on hashtag Tequila Tuesdays. A man who definitely stands a lot taller than me at 6'2 from Tallahassee, Florida. The man who was named Sunbelt Defensive Player of the Week after the Trojans' huge win over Southern Miss. And that man is number 41, Javon Solomon. In the very upsetting loss to ULM, Solomon recorded a total of seven tackles and was the only defensive player to get into the backfield and record not one, but two sacks. 
And that is just further proof that even dumpster fires have some kind of beauty to it. Solomon, I admire you. I wish I were as tall as you, and I hope that you continue to put up these kinds of stats and better for the rest of the season. Because the Trojans need that fire from somewhere, and it's not going to come from the engine room of the chip ship. You better make room on your mantle, because you just got named the best in the nest. Thank you, Birdman, for giving us this week's best in the nest. You gave it the old college try, and we sure do appreciate it. Now, for a segment that I think is increasingly more important, Seabass, because we... (laughs) You know, this is not the art of war here, but but if Troy is going to have much more success, uh, we have definitely got to start looking at every single team on our schedule and determining uh, where we might find some advantages. Um, so this week, Seabass and I were able to talk uh, to a guy that was a, just a regular fan, somebody like Seabass and I. Uh, didn't play at South Carolina, you know, didn't, doesn't work for South Carolina, uh, but somebody who just loves the school. Um, and, and I really had a great time in this conversation. Uh, it's definitely kind of like meeting your people, right? And so go ahead, tune in, enjoy this interview with Chris, who is this week's Know Your Foe. Chris, welcome to the Troy Boys Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Hey, so how long have you been a South Carolina football fan? I have been a Carolina fan since November of 1992. I'm an old guy. Okay. I kind of want to hear that story because you text me about it. It seemed like it seemed like there was a, a just kind of a, a a central moment that really cemented your Carolina fanhood. Would you talk about that for a minute? Sure. Uh, growing up in the uh, 80s and 90s around here, Carolina football wasn't great. Um, in 1992, we had a scrappy bunch with a bad attitude that went up to uh, Death Valley and beat Clemson. And our quarterback with the uh, mullet decided to sign the Paul, and it was the coolest thing ever. And for once in my life, it was cool to be a Gamecock, and I've been hooked ever since. Man, I love that story. Like, I, I mean, that is that's how true college football fans are made It's moments like that. And then the rest of your life, you're spent following a team. So I love that. Um, yeah, unfortunately, Chris, <laughs> Chris you um, it's a young season so far. Obviously, South Carolina, you know, a lot of games left. But give me your take on your team so far through this season. How do you think they're doing? Well, you know, in in three phases of the game, in two of them, we've been pretty competitive and our offense has just been hot garbage. Um, Started out with, you know, Zeb being our starter for the first two games while Doty was coming back from injury. And since Doty's been back, we're just putrid. It's not very fun to be in Columbia right now. Okay. Well, I mean, as Troy fans, we can absolutely understand what you're going through. Um, as you get ready for this Saturday's game, um, what do you think South Carolina needs to do uh, to beat Troy this weekend? Obviously, you guys are seven-point favorites, uh, bringing us into Columbia. Uh, what would you say the biggest uh, takeaways are? What do you all need to do to beat Troy? 
Well, we have to establish a running game. Uh, we averaged 2.2 yards a carry last week against Kentucky. The week before, Chattanooga went up and down the field on them. We had 58 yards, I believe. Um, we're going to look to establish the running game. Whether or not we can do it, that's another thing. Our offensive line hasn't produced, and we're still trying to learn a new system in the first year. Sure. Yeah. It's, hey, once again, you are you are preaching to the choir. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Chris, last question. Um, and just so you know, as I ask it, Seabass and I are both uh, – I would refer to us as both refined and fluffy. Uh, <laughs> we are large men who enjoy eating delicious things. Um, I'm right so there with Troy, you. Hey, man. If so, if Troy fans are coming up to Columbia and they could only eat at one restaurant and only order one dish, where should they go? What should they order? This was the toughest question for me. <laughs> um, my The best place in town, place called Owls Upstairs, right across from the Vista in the West Columbia River District, and the crab cakes are literally the best thing I've ever eaten. Oh, I, I like a that. good crab cake. Oh, I love crab. I mean, crab it, cakes. It it's such an awesome restaurant, treasure. too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And okay. it's everything's cooked to order. They have chef specials every day. It's it's amazing. Now, I did have a question for you guys because I don't know oh, much about Troy. Please are go we, ahead. Are we red barbecue sauce or are we white Alabama <laughs> sauce? Oh, no, oh, red, goodness. red, yeah, red, red barbecue okay. sauce, yeah. yeah. yeah you well, know, white barbecue sauce is, uh, that's like. That's a North Alabama If you thing. eat, if you, yeah, you don't eat, don't, do not eat white barbecue sauce if you're on I-65 and the exit number is below 250. <laughs> you know, if you're between, if you're between like the exit to Gadsden and the Tennessee state line, then I mean, eat that white barbecue sauce. But anywhere below that, just don't even do it. I mean, that, that's just a solid rule for life. Well, I appreciate y'all clearing that up because here in the Midlands, <laughs> we are mustard barbecue people. Hey, that is delicious as well. Uh, I, I, that okay. stuff is good, Joe. Uh, you got to try it. it I'm, I'm here for it. Seabass, as an as an Alabamian, as an Alabamian, I'm going to say it. It's pretty good. Barbecue is generally fantastic unless it's from Texas. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, generally Absolutely. any local variation of barbecue is going to be good. Absolutely. Chris, thank you so much for being our Know Your Foe guest this week. I really do appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I would say good luck to your team this week, but we are in uh, – we're we are broadcasting live from Rock Bottom. So we can't give any <laughs> luck out right now. Um, but, you know – if you're going to be there, you know, just know uh, the Trojan faithful listen to this interview and they appreciate your, uh, you know, what you gave to the podcast this week. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on and uh, go Cox. Thank you so much, Chris, for joining us. Uh, I cannot wait uh, to try that restaurant. I think, you know, I don't, I, I'm not a huge mustard based uh, barbecue guy. <clears throat> but uh, I like but crab I, cakes, and I like I like I like mustard-based barbecue sauce. I, I, I mean, I love crab cake. I love crab cakes. I would literally eat them you in know, the shower. And, and if, if, if Al's is where I got to go, you know, being an Alabamian, you know, Al's it's a very popular name here too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and I would eat mustard-based barbecue. I mean, look, unless we're in Texas and you're gonna try to serve me. <laughs> 
You know, it, if you're going to try to serve me brisket that has been prepared as if it's pork. Um, other than that, I will eat literally. You could be like, this is our version of barbecue. We marinate it in Lunchables. I would try it. Pork is delicious. And if you cook it slowly, it just, all it does is become more delicious. So um, thank you so much uh, to Chris. So Seabass, we're at a pivotal moment. Okay. We, um, you know, Birdman and I both picked Troy to lose this Saturday's game against South Carolina. You picked Troy to win. You gave mm-hmm. a big fins up. Mm-hmm. Right now, the wise guys out in the desert are saying that South Carolina is a seven-point favorite. Uh, now, obviously, this is not going to change how we grade everybody at the end of the year. We're going to use those initial picks. But go ahead and tell us, Do you are you confident in that what do you, what do you mean? What do you think I'm going to say? I I'm curious as to what you think. I have no idea because, and I'll go ahead and tell you before you break the before you you know, let's keep let's keep everybody waiting. I am I nearly so I picked Troy to lose. I'm on the verge. I'm a, I'm a natural light away from picking Troy to win this game because this is. This would be such a Troy spot to like lose to Louisiana Monroe in what's possibly the worst loss of the program's history and then go to Columbia and win by two touchdowns. That is that is the most Troy thing of all time. So I am close with a with either a convincing speech or a half-hearted prayer to changing my pick and saying that I think Troy uh, beats South Carolina. So, I mean, if you tell me right now that you think Troy gets it done, I, you know, no hard feelings. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to say that Troy gets it done. You know, uh, we're a seven point underdog Uh, Monroe. We were a 20 some odd point favorite, right? So that that's mm-hmm. that's a superfluous number. Being a seven point dog doesn't mean anything right now, um, you know. And and if if the last two weeks of college football has taught us anything, uh, anybody can lose right now, you know. That the level of consistency that we expect in college football is not there, um, and it's not far fetched for somebody like a Troy to come and take down a South Carolina. It, it's not it's not a, a you know it's not really you know unfeasible. And taking a look at South Carolina's games, they've lost two games in the last two weeks. They lost to Kentucky and they lost to Georgia. And, uh, you know, the Georgia loss is understandable. Kentucky is, you know, also a really nice team. They squeaked it out against East Carolina the week before that. Um, And, you know, I'm going to say that Troy's on a similar playing field to East Carolina. That's a pretty fair statement. And then taking a look at some of their stats, we're, again, just like I talked about, you know, last week, we're very similar on paper. And, you know, I did bring that up when we talked about ULM is if we, we need to kind of pay attention because we are similar on paper with the exception of um, the total yards allowed at the point before last week. But this week, you know, we're really similar on offense. You know, Chris did talk about that they wanted to establish a running game. Well, defensively, that's our strong suit is stopping the running game. You know, statistically, we only average 96 or so yards of rushing allowed. And that's it. 
you know, that's, that's not really a lot to get a, get a good running back going. Um, now I will say that South Carolina does have some weapons. They have four running backs that they regularly rotate through and regularly run through um, white McDowell, Harris and Lloyd. Um, so I'm hoping that we have some defensive coordinator somewhere analyzing these four and understanding what their typical scheme is. So when they're on the field, we know what to do. And then passing wise, they're a little more pass heavy, similarly to like we are, who is it? Josh Van and to carry on Joyner. I believe I said their names right. Um, are the main targets uh, on the receiving core with Josh Van being the big playmaker. Um, you know, he, he has 13 receptions on the year, 298 yards, two touchdowns. So we need to just, you know, walk into the game knowing what we're up against and have a game plan ready to rock and roll. And Georgia State is a fine example. You know, I don't want to bring them up because this is a Troy podcast, but Georgia State is a good example of you walk in with a game plan and you know who you're playing and you know how you're going to beat them. You can take them to the ropes at the end of the game. And that's how we have to walk into this game. We have to have a game plan. We have to know who we're going up against and we have to know how to do it. We can't just show up and expect it to happen. And I, I, but if we do those things, I, I think we have a chance. I, I'm not going to say it's going to be a blowout, but we can keep it tight if we show up and know what we're doing. Yeah, no, I'm, I am absolutely with you. Um, you know, I, I start to, I start to feel excited. You know, I, I think that perhaps we've got a chance here. Um, I'm not going to change my prediction, obviously, because I'm not an idiot. Um, but I do tend to think this is not a game. If you're a Troy fan that you should just walk away from, you know, don't, don't plan a, you know, a couple's wedding shower, uh, for this Saturday, because I think, uh, Troy's going to need you and Troy's going to have a shot. So lastly, we need to, uh, go ahead and take our weekly visit over to the veritable hot springs that are the Troy University message board. And that means it's time for this week's TroyFans.com Hot Take of the Week. That sizzle. Yeah, that's a sizzle. So hot. The entire thread is spicy right now. This, yeah, I mean, look, I got, I've got no, uh, I have no problems this week. It's just all spice. Um, (laughs) It's like the, it's like the spice chart at Buffalo Wild Wings. And it's like, you know, it's just like, it's all there. (laughs) Yeah. It's just all, you know, I mean, what do you want? I mean, because mango habanero is as hot as anything else. You know, it's just, and it's you can't convince me otherwise. That stuff is hot. You're all, you're going to be regretting this in the bathroom later. That's all that you need to know. So, so let's, let's, let's dig down. Let's put on our Gore Tex suits, um, which is what you wear if you're fighting wildland fires. Um, and let's go into a thread titled Fire Chip Dip, which I think is just a warning, you know, that you're about to encounter five alarm <laughs> fire. And what I think I'm going to do is just give you the very first post. Because, like, <laughs> you know, I think that, <laughs> yes, are there, you know, could I dig through here? And I have. Okay, I went through all six pages of posts. But nothing really captures the spirit 
quite like someone who not only makes a post, but makes an entire thread uh, with which they want to start a post. And so here we go. Uh, to you, friend, I'm not going to give your screen name. You have won this week's <laughs> TroyFans.com Hot Take of the Week. What you said was, you're done. <laughs> Leave Troy. Thanks for screwing our program. Wow, bro. I mean, <laughs> so for, spicy. The first time, for the first time on this podcast, I'm sharing something. I can, I agree with you. Like I, I didn't have the confidence to set out, make a thread, make a post and like, let it be known, but I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, I mean, you, your anger towards chip, I appreciate and I reciprocate um, and go ahead and fire him. I mean, that's, you know, good for you. And I'm just curious, you know, because I, I figured that TroyFans.com is full of a bunch of naysayers. What what was the general feel on that thread? Oh. <laughs> oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. Uh, yeah, that was more of that. Um <laughs> Some of it, um, you know, uh, here, I'll give you a, a, a reply four or five down. Yeah, here it is, the uh, honorable mention. Yeah, was um, I have just sent Brent an email, Brent being the athletic director. I suggest you all do the same. You know, I mean, there's a lot of that. Um, I don't know. You know, I think people on message boards, unfortunately, um think that That's they're more important than they are you know yeah. I, you know it for as much as i've not really you know if i ever get frustrated about something i don't i'm not going to send the ad an email that's fascinating well he wouldn't also he wouldn't read it or, or care oh. um you know but there's a lot i mean it's look this thread is a treasure trove all i can do i mean i'm giving you a, basically i'm giving you a crab cake and i'm asking you if it tastes good enough for you to come like look through the rest of the net, because um, there's a lot in here. There's just a whole lot in here. Uh, Here's one where someone suggests, here's a suggestion, put up fire chip signs during home games. Like, okay. (laughs) What would be rude um, and also weird, but cool. Thank you for that. Um, I mean, really, just get in there. Just get in there and dig for yourself. Because, I mean, there's only so much work I can do. Um, I don't have eyebrows anymore. They've been Jeez. singed. I mean, off. people, if that doesn't make you want to go to TroyFans.com, I don't know what does. I mean, there's only 40 of you. Um, two of you are my parents. <laughs> One of you lives in Germany. Um, but the rest of you need to get over to TroyFans.com and see... What is cooking over there before they block my account and I can no longer provide this update? Seabass, it has been so kind of you uh, to give me so much time this evening. Do you have any one final message that you want to give to Trojan Nation as we leave uh, the ULM embarrassment behind and head towards South Carolina? I mean, I, I said it when we played Liberty. This is a blip on the radar. Look forward. You know, we, we can't sit here and dwell on these negatives, but we do need to learn from these negatives. We do need to adjust from these negatives. 
and in turn have a good and productive rest of our season. And as always, you know, go Trojans. You know, you know, we could end, you know, uh, with another eight losses, and I'd still say it at the end of the day, go Trojans. Um, yeah. So let, let's all move forward as one Troy. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, yeah, you know, I guess I, my final uh, notion will be something that uh, uh, a young Neil Brown said. Um, when he was here and, and he questioned after a loss, um, he said to the press, uh, you know, is we fight uh, something that we believe in or is it something we put on a T-shirt? Um, and so I, you know, I, I encourage all Troy fans to, because that's not just for the team, that's for us as well as fans. Um, you know, we've come out, we've said this is going to be hashtag our year, um, hashtag one Troy. Um, so what do we do? We had one loss that we didn't like, nobody liked, you know, are we really all one Troy? Um, is this really our year or did we just put that out there? Cause it was some cute Instagram deal, you know, so support this team. This is not the end of the road. We're going to play a lot more games. Um, and I think we could end up with a very different result. I want to give a special thanks to Chris, our Know Your Foe for this evening. Obviously, a special thanks uh, to the Birdman, uh, who, although he couldn't be here, is going to do the editing. And I want to give a special thanks to Seabass, who drifted up the Alabama River Basin uh, and gave us a little bit of his time tonight. Seabass, thank you so much. All right, guys, this has been your host. For one last time, I'll tell you, go Troy, and God bless you, Blaze Brown.